Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Hey, it's Chris Riley. We're on Inside the Game here, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. We're talking with Keith Elaine, the head coach of Yale. Keith, we leave the NHL and Yale University, I guess, comes calling or you pursue them or how did that work for you to wind up being coming back to your alma mater as the head coach? Yeah, no, they, they pursued me, you know, Timmy, Timmy left and uh, the athletic director called me and I can remember, I, I knew Timmy had left because he sent me an email and then I saw the athletic director on my, my phone and I looked at my wife and said, I don't even want to take this call <laughs> because I was happy in the National Hockey League. I loved it and would have never come back to college hockey, but it was Yale. And I mean, and and Yale meant the world to me. Um, I thought it was a life-changing experience to have been a student athlete at Yale. And uh, um, so I took the call and kind of went down there and interviewed him as much as he interviewed me because I was reluctant. And uh, one thing led to another and I took the job. Now, did you have any reservations going in? I mean, it's always hard for, for players to come back to coach at their alma mater. I mean, do you have any reservations? Did you think that, oh my God, expectations are going to be so high for me because I had a great career here at Yale. I hold records. I played professionally. I've coached professionally. Did you have anything in the back of your mind thinking to yourself, oh God, this is going to be just, oh, I, I, don't, I don't want to do this. Oh, absolutely. I had, I had a ton of reservations. <laughs> I mean, you know, like when I talked with the athletic director, I mean, if you'd looked at Yale the previous years, I mean, they might have a good year and then they would be bad for three or four years. And, and, and I went back to prove that you could have sustained excellence in that hockey program. But I was scared to death that um, we wouldn't be able to make that happen and that I wouldn't be able to take the losing, you know, personally, never mind outside expectations that it would have yeah. keep me alive. And so, uh, um, and you know, and then there were friends of mine in the National Hockey League that, that thought it was a retirement job. Right. Yeah. You're going back to Yale. You can, you can do whatever you want for the next 15 years. Your, your job is secure for life. But uh, no, you know, the night we won the national tournament, the media asked me why we came back. I came back and, and I said, and, and I said this to Tom the day he hired me, I wanted to prove that you go to the best school in the world and play hockey at the highest level. They weren't mutually exclusive. And so, you know, that's a pretty big burden to come back and try to prove. So you come back that first year. Um, what was it like? Now you're the head. You're the head coach, and you have you know the job that uh, Tim Taylor had had for a long time. I mean, was there like ghosts? You know, they always say this. Oh, you're, it's, oh, it's always hard to follow the guy who's been there a long time and has success. I mean, did you try to you know tell the players, look, we're going in a different direction. Here's what I expect of you. Here's what I'm looking for. You know, did you try to set a different tone, a different you know uh, character builder? Yeah, I mean, you know, going back to that advice Timmy gave me years ago when I first started coaching, you know, I had to be myself. And I think, um, you know, we see the game a lot of different ways, but our personalities are quite different. So I think the players knew from day one that, that I was not Tim Taylor. Um, and, you know, they were ghosts in the sense that, you know, getting back out on that ice in Ingles brought back a ton of memories for me. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I kept one of Timmy's assistants along with me, CJ Maritola, who was a huge benefit to me. And then the biggest gift Timmy ever gave me was that that freshman class that I walked in with was an outstanding freshman class. And, and they were really the impetus for turning that program around. So you're there and you're one of three graduates of the Yale hockey program to coach. Um, was that special to you? 
Was that something you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a unique company with this? It was absolutely special to me. I mean, uh, like I told you, I, I can't even tell you how much passion I have for Yale and Yale hockey. And uh, to have been the guy responsible now for leading the hockey program was, uh, was unique, is unique. Uh, it's something that I treasure every single day. I've been blessed. So now you're, you're the Yale coach. Um, let's talk about recruitment of players and trying to get kids to come to Yale. Um, you know, it's a very tough game today. Their kids are committing as young as 14 and 15 to programs and coaches don't want players that are, unless they're like 20 years old coming to their school. Um, talk about what do you look for? Not so much in the grades. We'll get to that in a minute because we know it's a vital part of it. But what do you look for? What are three like innate, you know, things you look for in somebody that's coming to Yale? What do you look for in a player? Yeah, I mean, it's very specific what we're looking for. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a base skill level that's required to play division one college hockey, right. With skating, shooting, passing that, that, you know, um, no matter what you have for an intangible, if your skill level isn't high enough, you can't, you can't compete. Um, and then we look for players that have an impact on their games. You know, there are some guys that have a lot of skill, but you, you watch the game and not a lot happens. You know, I want mm -hmm. difference makers. Uh, but then the three most important things and the things that we value as a program is number one competitiveness. I want guys that compete, compete every single day in games, practice, compete for every puck. Uh, we're looking for guys that are committed. And that means that, you know, we want them to have a growth mentality. We want them disciplined. We want them understanding that when they come to our program, we're going to help them become better as an individual so our team become better. But that takes a certain work ethic. And then we're looking for functional intelligence. You know, there has to be a, 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 an innate hockey sense and awareness to the game and, and how they play without the puck. So those are the three things that we value in a hockey player. Let's talk about grades because grades are extremely important. I don't care what school you go to, you know, coaches don't have time to be worrying if you're passing a class, not passing a class. Talk about how many kids are eliminated just because of grades and how that affects, you know, because some kids think, Oh, I'm a great athlete. You know what? I don't really need to study that hard. If I get like a solid B average, I'm okay. Not the case, even at, at a non Ivy league school now. Yeah. But at an Ivy league school, it's, I mean, I would say, 80% of the players that we're interested in, you know, get lopped off just because of grades. I mean, it's a small pool that we can look at, um, you know, uh, and, and it's, it's okay because the one thing I'm comfortable as a coach is that the players that they allow into school are going to be able to do fine here. They're not going to be overwhelmed by the academics. Um, but, you know, when we go scouting or when we call coaches, the first thing we ask for is grades because I don't even want to waste our time drooling over a player that isn't going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's heartbreaking. What's one thing that a player, when they come to college, um, what's one thing they don't know that they're going to learn very quickly when they come into school? Uh, you mean uh, as a hockey player? Or? Let's, let's, let's go like a hockey player and then on the academic side, what, what are like, let's say, let's make, let's make it two things that maybe they won't like, you know, there's, you know, there's some things you get to college. You, you remember, I remember that you get there and you're like, oh my God, I never knew that was going to happen to me. Or, you know, this was going to be this way. Or what are things that they should be prepared coming in? Yeah, I think as a hockey player, the, the thing that the, the freshmen don't realize is how intense each and every game is. 
and how important every puck battle and every shift and that if you're not ready to go that you're going to be taken advantage of because the the games are tight they're competitive they go down to the wire and every game is so vitally important because of the number we play so i think that's the one thing on the hockey side i think academically i think the guys early on are, are surprised at how much reading there is you know the volume of the work like you know it's it can be overwhelming if you're not keeping up to it on a day-to-day -day basis you talk to the players about that do you say to them look when you guys come here we expect you you know grade wise to keep it up we expect you to do the work we, you're just not here to be a hockey player i mean do they do they get that message right off the hop yeah they do and, and again i think i think our admissions process calls the herd that way for us too i mean they, they wouldn't survive the admissions process if they weren't serious students all the way through so it's not like they're going to be making a big change it's just there's a higher volume of work but i think we're the guys that end up being able to get in have been serious students all the way through. Now to most guys, because you're the Ivies, you know, you're not like the big, you're a big program in the sense of it's tr tr tremendous tradition. Um, but the more guys stay for the four years than other schools. I mean, like I, I know some programs, the kids stay for a year and they're on their way to the NHL, but this is more a different thing for them. They want to stay. There's more tradition, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, the people that come to Yale value that Yale education, that Yale degree. And uh, um, so we've had just a few players over the last 14 years that have left early, you know, and, and, um, and actually it's less than a few. And, you know, the most recent is Alex Lyon, uh, mm -hmm. who was a goaltender that we had. And, and, and I was firmly behind his decision to leave. I thought he was the best goalie in the country for two years. He wanted to be a National Hockey League player. I thought the time was right for him to leave and he will get his degree. Um, but for the most part, we're four years student athletes. Let's talk about 2013, um, the pinnacle in, in collegiate athletics. You win the national championship and you play Quinnipiac, which is right down the road from you. And people had said they should just play this game somewhere in Connecticut, and not be out in Pittsburgh. We should all be back here. What did that do for you on a personal level? I mean, did that kind of validate what you were doing? I, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't even answer that. I, I've never thought about what it did for me on a personal level. You know, I, I remember again, I have such vivid memories, but I, the words I said to the team after we won was that, that, that they've done way more for me than I could have done for them. Just because, um, you know, we had a team in 2011. It was probably the best team I had. And I thought that would be our chance to win it. Um, but as a coach, the satisfaction for me is like, you know, you push them and you prod them and you drive them and you tell them, if you do this, you can get this. And if you do this, you can get that. And uh, um, it doesn't always happen. But mm -hmm. the look in their faces after they won and uh, um, the togetherness that had brought that group in the Yale community is, is really what it was all about. I mean, uh, um, you know, it is trite because it's been said so many times before, but that group will walk together forever. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very it special thing, trite, but it's, it's real, you know, yeah. I mean, it is real and it's, uh, um, you know, in, in the process to get there, I think you get so much more um, from becoming a champion than you do from being a champion, you know, and, and so it was just, uh, it was an incredible ride with a great group of guys. I have to ask one question on this. Um, a lot of very famous alumni have come through Yale, a lot of prominent people. 
Who's one person who called you after you won or you got a congratulatory note you were very surprised at when you won the national championship? Uh, maybe John Kerry. Uh, I mean, I, there are other He's people. He's a hockey guy. That, yeah. yeah, but that may not be as prominent in the news that are, that, you know, I mean, because I had some fabulous calls, but someone that's, you know, people would recognize would be a guy like John Kerry. What did he say? Did he say, oh, my gosh, you know, thanks for winning for us? Or was it kind of like, you know, oh, I can't. Yeah, we're all this. proud of you. It's a great, it was great. You know, I've been following the team for a while. I knew this was going to happen. Um, you know. It's got to be cool. Let's go now to youth hockey and and kids today and what's going on in youth hockey and youth sports. Um, what do you think is lacking in youth hockey today and youth sports that's really needed, that they need to take it back to? I don't know. I mean, that's what's lacking. I, I think USA Hockey has done a fantastic job with this ADM model. Um, mm -hmm. And I and I think that uh, more and more programs across the country are buying into it. And uh, and so we're we're developing skills at a level that we've never done before. That maybe no country has done. Um, so I think that's outstanding. Um, I still think. What's lacking is, I mean, we have more players playing than ever before. We're, we're developing a broader base of players, but I think it's becoming a rich kid sport. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the ice time costs, and then you've got private lessons and you've got skating coaches. And, and so I just wish, you know, when I was growing up, it was a, it was a lower middle-class kids sport, really, at least in Massachusetts. So I, I think what's lacking is that we're becoming too much of an, uh, the demographic is, yeah, the demographic is, is trending too much socioeconomically upward. And, and I would like it to be a, a more democratic sport. Talk a little bit about the American development model. What do you see positive out of that? I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches I know now are saying, oh, this is a great thing. This should have been done years ago. Um, you know, how did they come about this? And, and what do you see that's great? And are you seeing it in your players at the collegiate level? Yeah, I mean, I think the skill level of the players is, is greater than it's ever been before, you know, across the board. I mean, you might have a power play guy, or the top two guys that could do certain things with the puck and now they're all coming up and they can do that. I think, you know, the whole concept that you're going to get more touches and you're going to, you're going to be around the puck more and, and you're, you're going to be on the your edges a little bit more because you're playing three on three cross ice rather than, than playing five on five or the full sheet of ice. Um, so what it's done to increase the skill development of our players is, is the greatest thing. Talk about, um, you know, the skill levels up, everything, the skating is better. The stick handling is better. Um, kind of go into like objectives that coaches should have, you know, at each, you know, the Bantams, the Peewees, the Mites, what are some objectives coaches should be meeting along the way with their kids? And how do you overcome sometimes a kid doesn't really pick up or a team doesn't pick up on something. Do you get concerned or, you know, do you worry about that or everyone develops at a different level? Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Ralph. I'm probably not qualified to answer that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been coaching the older kids for so long now. Um, yeah. But I, I do think there is a pedagogical uh, progression that needs to be, to be made. And, and uh, uh, but I'm not the perfect person to answer that question. But the one thing that I think relates to that question is, and, and this is a potential problem is that you've got, you've got that 12 year old who's a little bit better than everybody else. Maybe he had an earlier start. Maybe he had a private skating coach, but he's not necessarily going to be the best 20 year old. Mm -hmm. And you've got to make sure that you find time 
to play the other guys and get the other guys involved um, rather than just play that best player because he helps you win hockey games. Um, I think that's important. Talk about um, the danger of specializing in one sport as a young age, you know, talk about, because you know, a lot of coaches say, well, this kid couldn't throw a football, couldn't throw a baseball, couldn't do this. He's a great hockey player. He's a great soccer player. Talk about the importance of special of specialization, how dangerous that could be as you're young and what, what it doesn't really do for you. I think it's dangerous in a lot of different ways. I think number one, um, you, you're going to make yourself susceptible to overuse injuries. Um, number two, I think that you, you, cut out so many experiences that you might have as a child growing up. I mean, you know, I mean, back in the day, right. You'd play, you know, like when I was in Sweden, the kids would play on the same soccer team in the summer and the same hockey team in the, in the winter. And they'd play another sport together in the spring. And, and the beauty of it is, is the best hockey player isn't the best soccer player. So you learn how to be a different personality on a different team and you have a different role and I think that's great for your growth in either one of the two sports um, I, I think there are lessons to be learned there are friendships to be made that you're going to be missing out on um, and and specialization is is dangerous because it can lead to burnout now in the early NHL yeah early specialization in the NHL in college how do you tell a player hey take the offseason rest heal up I mean, talk about that too. I mean, some of these youth leagues, they're playing like 11 months, 12 months out of the year. No one gets a break. Talk about, you know, the, the resting, the healing, what it does for you mentally as well as physically for these guys. Yeah. I mean, I think some of these leagues are playing 12 months because someone's making money off of it. Let's, let's face it. Yeah, you're talking about it's becoming a very rich sport. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, uh, but I, I think, you know, our players understand that there, there are different periods throughout the season throughout the year. And we're trying to do different things during different periods. You know, when they get here in the school, we're in preseason and then we're in season. And then, you know, the day our season ends, we have a two week period where they can do nothing. Two weeks of nothing for rest and recovery. And then we start an active rest program. And, you know, our strength coach kind of engineers all of this. And, and then that's a two or three week period. And then we kind of ramp up so that, and then we, I recommend that they stay off the ice until June. Some guys feel like they need to be on the ice. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, it's important that you, you, you go through the process and you get your rest because rest is rest and recovery are as important to growth uh, of skill development and mental development is, is actually doing the exercise. And we have to educate our players that. Um, talk about the leap uh, for some guys coming out of Yale to go to the NHL. Talk about that. I mean, and also to, um, you know, do some guys say this isn't for me? You know, do, you, do the guys come to you for advice on that? Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, we try to give them an honest assessment of where they think they are and what it would take to get to the next level. And then some guys decide it isn't for me. There are some guys, to be honest with you, where they think it might be for them. And I, and I try to tell them, look at, you know, this is, this is your best path right here. Uh, you know, I'm going to save yeah. you a couple of years of heartbreak. Um, but uh, it's a big leap. You know, you, you go from being, I mean, the guys that even get a chance for the top dogs in college hockey. And then you go and uh, you realize that everyone on your ice, everyone that you're on the ice with is better than anyone else you've ever been on the ice with before. Um, it's not a game anymore. It's your business. It's your livelihood. It's your paycheck. 
Uh, you've got the grind of an 82 game season. Uh, that is something many of these guys haven't experienced before. So you, you've got to be mentally prepared for the ups and downs of a, of a pro hockey career. And, and, and it's challenging. Finally, I want to know what has been your best moment in hockey or do you have a bunch or do you have a few that are just like, it'll always stand out to you that you just look back on and say, wow, that was a great time or that was this or. I, my best moment in hockey. I mean, I, I've been blessed. I've had, I've had so many unbelievable moments in hockey. I mean, I, I might have to go back to the first game we won in the Olympics in 92 only because there's a, there's a special emotion when you're standing on the bench in a foreign country and they raise your flag to your national anthem after a game. I, I mean, it's a feeling that is like none other. And, you know, and I've been able to experience that other times through USA hockey, but that was the first time. And it was, uh, it was, I thought, wow, how lucky am I, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for your time. This has been wonderful. Great insights, as always, from you. Um, this is Keith Elaine, the head coach of Yale. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it. And you're listening to Inside the Game with Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR. Inside the Game, brought to you by Flex Coach and Flex Coach VR.